0: Nick Webster, Ripron, Podcast Row. I'm delighted to welcome Drew Ray and Byron Martinez to the show. Drew Ray, head coach of Norco College, Byron, head coach of Bakersfield. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Let's get straight into it drew we've known each other for a long time you've coached at so many different levels club high school collegiately had a great deal of success with Cal State Dominguez Hills won a national championship yeah yeah where's the ring not on today I didn't want to lose it <laughs> <laughs> that's because he's been out on the razzle-dazzle all the time you don't want to call up the Easy. Dubliners Easy. Uh, there was a there was a ring somewhere on the floor but first of all drew yeah. compare the level of Players at Dominguez Hills to where you are now. What's the difference, and what do the players at Norco have to do to reach the level of Dominguez Hills?
1: I, I, honestly, Nick, I would say Dominguez's success was from a lot of junior college kids. You know, we get a lot of kids that maybe needed the years of maturity, um, development, uh, just opportunities. Um, so a lot of our kids at Dominguez came through that the ranks of the junior college. So I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's a, a great stepping stone for. Those kids that maybe grow at a later, later development in, in their life, and uh, just needed maybe a year or two to, to you know, to get themselves to that maturation of of the, of the four-year level. So, but that's a great
0: point, maturity. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you and I have talked about your playing career as well. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that maturity component. What do you think is missing, and where do they find it? And what, and what role do you have as a coach in, in helping a young man mature? I, I, I think
1: it's the leadership of, uh, ahead of them. So I think the reason um, the junior college helps is they're going to play right away. Usually the talented kids that are going to go on to the next level will pr- pretty much start or play a significant role right on. Whereas if they go to the four-year, they have to watch the guys ahead of them for a year or two anyway before they even see significant time. So um, there's the natural growth of being thrown into it from into the deep end. And they have to uh, figure it out right away. Um, and, and then uh, honestly, it's a cutthroat league. Like if you're not if you're not playing well, you, there's 30 guys on your roster, 40 guys in roster that will be fighting for that spot. So so talk about that, Byron, the 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 job of the coach
0: when you have, as Drew just said, 30 to 40 kids. How do you, number one, keep them all happy when only 11 play? And how do you even have the time to to develop the relationships that you need with these kids in a one-on-one environment to get the best out of them?
2: Well, I think for for the most part, like what we do at Bakersfield College, you know, it starts in the recruiting process. Um, We're very honest with our players that we recruit in terms of what they're stepping into so that they're not necessarily shocked when they come in and they see a roster of like 30 guys. And it's a, I like to say that it's a collection of all-star players, right? So, you know, we're recruiting the best players from high school and club, and these players have probably never sat on the bench, um, played 90 to 100% of the, every single minute, and now they, they're stepping into a situation where now they got to compete against two or three other guys who come from a similar background. So that attitude that they need, we try to f- see it during the recruiting process. And we're honest, you know, and we tell them. It, and I think that it's very important that you're honest when, with the recruiting process and let them know that, hey, you're, we want you. You're good enough to be at our program, but you're going to have to fight against two, three other guys. You know, and that's important. Like, we just, we're, we're young. We're a young um, program the program started in 2016 and a short period of time we've had some success and I think that it's due to our coaching staff um, and the way that we've tried to figure out which type of player fits into what we want to accomplish Um, you know trying to build a culture around players that want to come in and are hungry to play like Drew says you know you're throwing right away first game of the year that game matters you know you don't have so if you don't have a good performance you know someone else is just waiting for you to fail you know your teammates but you want the person in front of you sometimes to kind of have a little bit of adversity so that you can step in and if they don't take advantage of that then guess what that other that player ahead of them is going to get another chance so you can't keep everyone happy um, you know, and, and sometimes winning masks um, the unhappy players, and, and you kind of tend to not realize it. But uh, I think that if they're bought in, they're not going to quit, and no matter how much playing time they they're having. And in the past, and I know Drew can probably attest to this as well, is that some of our guys that come back after two years or after a year, and they you know they've moved on with their life, um, and the ones that haven't played the most they're the ones that appreciate having that opportunity that someone else might have never given them. You're a college athlete, like it's not, it's a very small percentage of players that are able to call themselves um, college athletes. And you know, they play a hundred minutes in a year and they remember just the trips, the practices, all of those team bonding things. And they appreciate that it takes them a year or two, but you know, it's important.
0: Well Drew, you're known as probably one of the best recruiters in the country. There's no two ways about it. What's the difference between recruiting an athlete for the Junior College and for Dominguez Hills? Is there a different conversation? Is there a different mindset? Are you promising, well not promising, but are you you perhaps offering different things?
1: I think you you can say the word promise. You can promise them an opportunity. You can promise them a chance to be seen. I'll never promise a scholarship, never promise. Uh, that they're guaranteed to go play at a four-year because we all know there's talented guys that come through the system that don't go on because of the commitment. Um, there's a lot of guys that you could say that was the best, guy, the best guy I ever played with, but he never made it because of X, Y, and Z, right? So um, the one thing we like to do at at, uh, at Norco is say if you come to Norco, the opportunity will be there. We'll, we have enough connections that we'll open the stores, the location where we're at, one of the... I think California Junior College uh, Association is one of the best in terms of overall talent. Um, and the, the colleges, the four-year schools, want to watch these games. They're, they're, this is what they feed off. They'd rather take a junior college guy than maybe a, a, a senior in high school because they've proven it at a good level. Um, and so that's all we can do is on the recruiting end is say, hey, look, if you pick us over another junior college, or if you pick us over a four-year, a lower level four-year, maybe a Division three that these kids thought they were a Division one level, say, so, hey, come to us for a year, come to us two years, and we'll open doors for you to maybe play at that two-year, or sorry, uh, Division II or Division I uh, later on. Are
0: so, many of the players coming into your program for the express purpose of, of getting that two years under their belt so they can go to a four-year school, or is it a case of You know, they want to play a a higher level of soccer and then perhaps move to a USL or a NISA team. I mean, what's what percentage of players are looking to move on to college, go
1: pro, or they're just there for the for the experience of playing two years of junior college? I would say, since I'm the director at Legends, a lot of the kids I talk to, the kids that we're going after, don't really want to settle with the junior college. It's kind of their last resort, and and I'm okay with that. I think that's it's a good way to look at because there are four years out there that uh, these kids can play up, but the, there's there's so many kids in Southern California that the, the colleges can't all take them all, right? So they have to have a back, you know, a, a school to fall back on. And I think you know, Virens Coach of the Year. So I I know his program is. There's the success is coming through the coaches. There's so many great coaches in the league um, because of the. the the way the junior college setup, it's a great job. So you've got some amazing coaches that, you know, really don't want to leave just because of the setup. And I think the league itself recruits some of the best kids in the country because of the people that are supporting the programs, you know?
0: All let me ask you this, and this is, I guess this is a a component of the collegiate experience. And, you know, we have many people that are listening to the show, how important are grades to you, how important are grades to your organization, and perhaps most importantly, how important are grades to your players? I think, um,
2: obviously, uh, you know, you're a student athlete. You're a student first and athlete second. Uh, there are certain things that you have to do when you come play at Bakersfield College. Um, you know, st- uh, freshman straight off the bat, certain amount of hours of uh, study hall, uh, tutoring, If after a first semester, they've had poor grades, those hours get, there's more hours added into their, and they don't want to do study hall, they don't want to do any of that. So there's a pressure on them to start off on the right track. And sometimes when players come to junior college, they think, oh, it's just an extension of high school, right? And there's a misconception out there, I think, in, in, in a lot of the community, not just soccer community, but that they say junior college is for bad students and that's not the case it's not that's really not that I I think that that's a disservice to every program every junior college every coach every institution and the players that come through because I mean I just had I just had a kid um, play one semester for us and he transferred to a D1 in the Big West and that would have never happened if he was a bad student in high school Uh, He was a 4.1 student in high school and he came to junior college because of what Drew said. He wanted that experience. You know, he became goalkeeper of the year. So he needed that experience. He played 16, I think he played 16 or 18 games. So now he has some college experience. He knows that, you know, it's a big boy game now. You're not playing against freshmen who are four years younger than you in high school. So those... Um, grades to me, particularly, are very important, I know to Drew as well, because we can't move you on if you're not a good student. You know, I, I, I say I can't sell you as a player because you're a bad student. So there, no one's going to take you, especially junior college, because of that misconception that you're not a good student, some schools tend to look at grades for transfers, even like, they weigh them heavier because it's a liability to take a poor student, right? So we try to make that obvious to our players. Our institution supports us very well in terms of having processes and plans for every student-athlete. So we're, we're supported very well academically in terms of like tutors and, and all of that. So if a player ends up having bad grades or failing a class, it's not because we're not doing our part. It's because they haven't really bought in that I have to be a student. And, you know, they, they don't return because the reality is if you're not a good student and you're just coming here to play, we don't want you. And no matter if you're good, be someone else's problem. You know, um, I, I, I've had to let go of a few players because because of that. They don't commit to the academics. So, and they can become cancerous to the other players that really want to focus and they're there to for a purpose, which is
0: get a degree, transfer to a four-year school, and play at a higher level. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up, I, I love that phrase, be someone else's problem. Drew, when you have a a very talented athlete and you've had many over your your coaching career and they are struggling with the academic side of things but you know you see the potential they have what kind of tools and techniques do you use to get through to that player so not to make them realize but for them to understand that for them to succeed at this particular Mm -hmm. level
1: there must be some kind of marriage How, how how do you navigate that i think for me I can talk on on, on my past. I, I hated school. I was I was never the the greatest student because I was I didn't learn I didn't learn how to uh, be successful in the college till later on, and so I can use that as an example. Is like I, I played at Cal State Bakersfield, and all I cared about was playing soccer. Playing soccer, I would miss classes. Miss, so I I tell these kids like just be organized, be structured in the way that you you wake up in the day and you say okay what what are my tasks today. And number one should be your your school, your academics. Make sure your work's done. Make sure your projects. And and I have a great staff in terms of they'll they'll read uh, their papers. They'll they'll go over work for them, um, just to be a, an extra resource outside of you know maybe a professor or whatever. Because that is difficult sometimes for these kids to to feel feel uh, adequate in turn in terms of handing in a paper to a teacher. They feel like they're going to be criticized or ridiculed because of it. So we try to do that on our end. Um, you know, obviously as a, as a team we do uh, weekly checks we do monthly checks uh, one of our goals as a team is a three point GPA well is if that guy gets a poor grade it brings down the whole group and so the kids m- miss out everybody as a team misses out so when your peers are looking down on you because you're the guy that didn't get a good grade that brings the whole GPA down it, it, it holds them a little bit more accountable and so those are the little things that we try to do that really isn't hard right and um, I, I remember my coaches at, at Bakersfield Simon Tobin John Smith they were unbelievable but they would have to hold guys hands and walk them to class well I put it on the players like get your buddy to help him succeed help him get this AA so then he can have a great life later on and and the, the boys tend to do it and, and like Byron said there'll be that bad nut that's not going to do it in an honesty that kid's going to hold us back, and I can't sell him, so he's no good to the program. So if I can't push him on, I don't. It, we would love to win a, a state title, but me sending 30, 40 guys off to four-year schools is probably more valuable to me as a program than winning a state title. Honestly, like that will go much further if we can get guys to four years because I know the pipeline of kids coming through will never end. But um, if that one kid comes in and he, he ruins the program because... He created a bad culture in terms of partying, not going to school. That could jeopardize everything, so.
0: Byron, talk to me about your recruitment process. Obviously, you're looking for talent. What else are you looking for? Um, Good people, you
2: know. Explain. Uh, Good teammates, you know, the way they handle themselves. Like, when when I go watch games, um, I I pay attention to what happens if they're subbed out, what happens if they get a yellow card, or if they they're kicked out of a game for whatever reason, right? Sometimes you know you got to take a red card for the team, or it's you know refereeing is not always the best in, in at every level. So I uh, pay attention to how they uh, react to adversity, and I try to do a good job of communicating with people in their life like their coaches or teammates who are in our program you know if so I, I think that like my my process starts with the players are already in my program where I'm asking them okay in your high school who was good as a junior right and who are you who, who would you recommend to come into this program because they know They already know what's going on. They already know what our processes are, what our culture is trying to be like. We're, um, you know, we're trying to find an identity because we're so young and as a coach myself, I'm trying to figure out what works for the community and where we're at. And so our current players know like, you know, like, oh, Johnny, Johnny's good, is a good player, but coach, he doesn't like school. You know, I've had so many of those, right? And I'm like, well, he's not gonna cut it here, right? Because you know what needs to be done every week. He's like, yeah, but he's good coach, you know, give him a chance. And we go and start talking to players like this and you know, we say, are you a good student? And if they're like, they put their head down and they're shy about it, then we're skeptical of that. But the ones that really own up to it, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a good student. I don't like school, but I wanna play. So then it's like you can work with a player like that because you give him the tools that he needs to succeed in order to continue playing. And if that's the little carrot that you got to dangle in front of him for two years so that he can move on, you know, then it's worth it. It's worth to take the, the, the risk with a player like that when, um, you know, obviously good players then not every not every player that you see or that you go after you're gonna get you know Uh, I spend I probably spend ridiculous amount of like time watching the same player and it's about you know recruiting is um, customer service you know, we're in the customer service business. So I, I got to make sure that they, they, they realize that they're being loved. I, I got to show them love. And if it's got to drive 45 minutes to see you play in an away game because it's a good game, then I'm going to do it, you know. And I think that we've been able to get players because of that, because they see it. Like, I'm recruiting a kid right now, and he's like, Coach, you've given me, like, you're the, you're the one that's been on me, you know. So pretty sure he will come to us and he's very good so I'm excited about that so now like the times that I've been on the phone with him I've driven um, so far just to see him play it's it's worth it you know if we get him and if he doesn't come I know that I've done my job to bring in that talented player and if he chooses to go somewhere else then great hopefully I don't he's not going to drew and and I get to play against them
0: you know well I I hear that word adversity Drew, do you you create adversity within your program to see the athletes who are gonna be the ones to fight through? I mean, I remember this great story about uh, Liverpool, and uh, it it was the time of Gerard, Owen, and Carragher, and they moved Owen and Carragher up, the ranks but they kept Gerard behind even though they knew he had it but they wanted to see how he would react would he throw his toys out the pram and solve or would he go hey I'm gonna work even harder and of course we know the story He decided to work even harder do you kind of create those kind of those those speed bumps for some of your players
1: it's it's really hard because the season is so short in the junior college so from the day we start training to the end of the season you're talking three months so there's only so much you can do, uh, but the natural adversity is, like Byron was saying earlier, some of these guys have never set the bench. Some of these guys have never had to be substituted. And so the college game is a lot quicker, a lot faster. You, you have to be you know, just completely much more fitter than any, any kid is used to. So there is some adversity in that respect that, hey, I might sum it a little earlier, kind of test them, see what type it. We always say it's about we, not me." And you'll see that kid like throw up his hands like, "Oh, I'm 25 minutes in, I'm getting sub." Well, yeah, you're going to go back in, but there's other guys here that can help and you know push the team along, and we don't need you for 90. We need you for a good 60. Uh, and so you start to see those guys, And for us, we were a, I was able to identify this year even through all the injuries that we had the guys that it was about me and not we and you can then that allows you they, they're not ready for the adversity they're not ready for to put the team on their back because they're more thinking about well why didn't i play 75 80 minutes today you know so
0: yeah. so last couple of questions where's norco college going in 2022
1: so i took over the program in 19. uh the program never never won over four games we got to the playoffs we lost to mount sack in the playoffs arguably one of the best teams in the country right next year covid this year lost to cerritos arguably one of the best teams in the country as a program um so my goal team goal is to get past the first round <laughs> so if we can get past through the first round um uh, get a better seed uh, i'd love to make a run make a push and. If, uh, if a championship at the end of the day, I'm playing Byron in the finals, I'll take it, so. And
2: Byron for Bakersfield? Well, kind of, uh, you know, like I said earlier, we started the program in 2016. I, um, brand new. I got hired. I think my, my first day was like at the right after 4th of July to play August 22nd, I believe. So I had like five weeks to by balls by babes by all of that we won four games that year three games the second year third year we won nine fourth year we won eleven made a playoffs first round um, and it at that point we had a similar goals like Drew says you know get past the first round We lost in double overtime to a very good Fullerton team that year and then this year We got to the second round which was our goal get past the, So next year for us is really, you know compete for a conference title again Hopefully we win it again and then get past that second get past that second game in the playoffs get to We want to get to play two Saturdays during the playoffs and that would get us a third game so and i think we have the tools but you know our, our boys got to buy in and every team i know that it's going to be even better um you know drew's team when we played them uh, we basically stole the point from him because it was like 91st minute that we tied the game and you know he's he's a really good friend of mine and we look out for each other so seeing him succeed makes me happy and hopefully we're we're both in the playoffs and not
0: facing each other until the final four because I would hate to beat (laughs) him. Mario Martinez, Drew Ray, thanks for joining the Bear Ball. A fascinating
1: insight into the world of junior college soccer. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.